This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hi, it's Tom, and you are at the Story Power Marketing Show. The name of today's episode is Why Project Managers Make Great Storytellers. As always, before we dive in, I am going to share with you a short story. It goes back a few months when Dave D, a marketing expert that I follow and respect, hosted an event online where he invited an A-list copywriter to come and speak to a group. And uh, I was fired up to hear this guy. And he started his presentation and he went into his background, his, his career journey where he worked at Microsoft for many, many, many years as a, as a project manager, as a, a game designer, a developer, and so forth. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what does this have to do with copywriting? How did this guy get from there to the top of the mountain as a, as a professional copywriter? And he said something that has stuck with me and really that, that led me to this point having him on my podcast, he said, when you're creating marketing and sales copy, quote, you're not a writer, you're a project manager. I'm going to repeat that. You're not a writer, you're a project manager. And that thing, that that quote just exploded in my brain. It is so in line with what we talk about here at Story Power Marketing. And I reached out to him. I dug up his email I sent him an email, reached out to him that moment while he was still uh, going through his presentation. I sent that email and we've been connected ever since. His name is Jack Turk and he is the hidden man behind the curtain uh, for No BS Inner Circle founded by Dan Kennedy and for many other marketing experts in dentistry, finance, small business. He's written copy that's generated millions of dollars in sales for corporations like Microsoft and Kodak, as well as small businesses, including dentists, attorneys, physicians, even magicians. Webinars, TV commercials, sales letters, emails, product launches, websites, info products, much more. He has written it and he writes great, great copy. So Jack Turk, it is a great pleasure to have you here. I want to talk about project management. I want to talk about how you, a former project management manager, became an A-list copywriter and how that journey can help those who are listening or watching this podcast to, to make that journey to be more comfortable in content creation, more productive in content creation. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. And uh, it is great to have you here, Jack. Tom, it's great to be here. I really appreciate that introduction. And um, I'll try to live up to it. Uh, 
to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so give us a little bit of that background. How many years at Microsoft? What were you doing? What was a day on the job uh, across the lake at, at Redmond like for you? You're up in uh, you're up in Seattle right now. Well, up in yeah, in the Seattle area. Um, I was at Microsoft for 15 years total. That was like two stints. I yep. started in '89. Uh, as a, as a technical writer, I got in as a technical writer, and I worked on the multimedia systems group. So one of the so that was all about how now it's so obvious we're all on Zoom and we see video and stuff playing and whatever on our computers. Back then, it didn't happen. You had mm -hmm. text and maybe some really ugly pictures. So the group I was in was all about upgrading the Windows software and platforms so that it could handle CD-ROMs with like lots and lots of data on them, uh, audio, animation, and video. I actually was the, um, I wrote the first programmer documentation for video for Windows. So that was way back when. So, but, so the fact you have, uh, well, I don't know if you ever heard of AVI, AVI files, uh, it's yeah. audio, video, interleaved is what it stands for. And uh, I was working with a developer who was just down the, the hall there, and he was talking about it. And we actually worked, and I put together the first documentation for audio, video, interleaved, you know, how to produce that kind of video, streaming video on, on, a, on a desktop PC. Uh, I worked on the first, I did the very first help file for Windows Media Player. Mm -hmm. I did the very first uh, CD-ROM-based Windows uh, user manual. Uh, then I, I, I think I might have read that stuff at some point. The oh, help yeah, file yeah, yeah, for sure. Windows Media Player. I, I I think I read that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wrote I wrote that gobbledygook that nobody really ever wanted to read. To be honest, I mean that's what uh, I ran. The, I ran the, the the documentation group for Windows for uh, multimedia Windows. Then I got into uh, early. I was early on. I was a project manager for uh, the early tools for interactive television. Now, again, now we take all this stuff for granted. Like you go and you get the programmer guide, program guide on, on um, Xfinity. And it's got all these things and you can click everything's on demand. Well, back in the early nineties, that wasn't the way, that wasn't the case. They had, they had to develop all that stuff. They had to develop the interface for it. And that's the group I was in at Microsoft was working, honestly, they were working with Comcast back then to come up with the very first iterations of the program guide and videos on demand and all that stuff. And so I was working as the project manager for tools to create the, the interface for those kinds of applications. Um, then in 90, 94, I left to start a small company to do uh, children's games, Splash Studios, and I got to do um, write Basically, it's a musical, a kid's musical. I got, wrote a kid's musical that was on CD-ROM. And we raised $3 million of venture capital and then burned through $3 million of venture capital. <laughs> I got to fire myself in a board of directors meeting because we didn't make Christmas and had no yeah. product. And da, da, da. So I went crawling back to Microsoft. And I was there for another 10 years uh, working on a variety of different projects, project management, documentation, working in the games group. I worked as a game designer for a while, which is a whole lot of fun. Uh, worked on some Xbox games, and none of them got shipped, but it was, that was that's just how it is. And yeah. um, worked on Flight Sim, did a lot of stuff with Flight Sim and Age of Empires. And uh, then I, so all this stuff is, you know, my career was all over the map at Microsoft. But I learned, I really appreciated. I got I got a little paper here, the Microsoft um, Systems and Development, basically technical leadership program. Mm -hmm. And this is all about running projects, and so managing projects. You initiate, you plan, 
You manage, and then you close. Initiate, plan, manage, and close. And to be honest, this is what I thought about like, this is for software projects, and I manage some software projects and a number of website to website development projects, but it's exactly the same thing you do if you're writing a sales letter or creating, more importantly, you should not think of just sales letters from marketing, you should just think in terms of campaigns and funnels. And if absolutely, if you're creating a campaign or a funnel, it is totally a project. It is you initiate it, you plan it, you manage it, you close it. And you're thinking that way all throughout the process is critical to not getting get mired down in the notion that you're an artist as a writer. You're an artist and I have to like compete with, oh, I don't know, Charles Dickens or Stephen King <laughs> or Gary Halbert or, yeah. or, or Dan Kennedy. No, you're, you're chipping away at a project. Yeah, it, it, it's so true. You know, I, I talk all the time about this idea. I, I hear it from my clients. I hear it from my prospects. They say to me, Tom, I get it. You know, the power of stories and, and I, I get it. And I want to do emails and I want to do social media. And then I sit in front of a computer screen, in front of a blank screen. And I think once upon a time, now what? And you know, all of these people who don't approach this in the way that you've just described are hoping that the muse strikes, that some creative magic, you know, bubbles to the surface and allows them to start to unleash a story. They think, oh, I'm not creative enough. But the beauty of what you're talking about is that, you know, just about anybody can discover and master processes. I know all sorts of people who are really good at managing projects. If you ask them to, you know, unleash their creative magic, they'll, they'll shiver and curl up in the fetal position. But if you ask them to systematically go through steps, they can nail it. And the beauty of what you're describing is that is a way that is the way to create copy and to, and to, uh, put stories out there that captivate prospects. So. Absolutely, and, and yeah. the same. When you say stories, uh, actually, I'm I'm taking honestly, I'm taking a class. I've taken a number of things on script writing. I've written some really awful scripts. I've had written a number of really bad screenplays, and uh, one one particularly awful uh, experience. But regardless, the whole process, what is what it teaches, it's very systematic in that. And this is like actually, I took writing in uh, college, and did a, took, took a couple number of courses on playwriting. And one of the first things you do is what's called the collection. Uh -huh. This is so analogous to copywriting. You don't just start off and put down, start with act one, scene one, description, you know, you're sitting in an office looking at a Zoom monitor, wondering what you're going to say when you're being interviewed for the podcast. No, that's not. And then, then you write opening line, Jack says, I, once long, long time ago, I was at Microsoft, blah, blah, blah. You right. have the, the collection before that, and that is where you're free, free of all stress, free of all pressure, free of all sense of self-evaluation over the quality to come up with all these ideas about this final product you want to have at the end. 
So yeah. at the collection process, it's all kinds of stuff. Let's just start gathering things and throwing them in the bucket, throw them in the bucket, throw them in the bucket. Yep. And yep. then the process of copy of playwriting, i.e. also copywriting, is taking things out of the bucket and putting them down logically, sequentially, structurally into a structure that works. That's yeah. been proven. Yeah, there it is. The old quote from Eugene Schwartz, probably the greatest copywriter of the second half of the 20th century. He said, we don't write copy, we assemble it. Same idea. And it's not written, it's assembled. Yep. And, uh, you know, we talk at, at Story Power Marketing about the importance of story discovery. Don't sit in front of a blank screen and conjure magic assemble the story or excuse me mm -hmm. discover the story and that metaphor put all those building blocks in the bucket and then when it's time to assemble or construct or write you've got all the pieces and it's now so much different than just trying to write to a blank screen and and conjure magic uh -huh. so much different yeah so how so jack how did you cross that bridge from technical writer, game designer, Microsoft employee to A-list copywriter? When was there a, a moment there that you realized, wow, all these skills I have translate so beautifully to this? How did how did it happen? Uh, well, there wasn't the, the moment was <clears throat> I always wanted to be a magician. I've always been a magician since I was five years old. I've been into magic. And I've, over the years, I've done lots of shows, um, primarily family shows. I'm a kid, you know, I'm, I, lo I love working with the kids and doing that. So a lot, a lot, and I always had like agents. You know, I did a lot of shows, you know, when I was, I've worked all over the country. I started off in Michigan, then worked at a company down in San Antonio, Texas, then went to Indiana, then worked out in Boston and came out to Microsoft out here on the West Coast. And every one of those places I did shows. But typically it was through agencies. You know, I had an agent who booked me and thought I'd take their cut. And I discovered Dave D. You mentioned Dave right up the front. He had a an ad in the um, Linking Ring, which is a magazine for magicians. I'm a member, I'm a member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians. I'm actually Order of Merlin. Oh sounds, you know. That's that sounds cool. that sounds up there in it does. That that just means for 25 years I paid the dues. <laughs> They've gotten a check from me every year for 25 years. So I now, do, do, does Merlin's estate uh, get royalties on that? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I want I saw things like how to make $100,000 a year as a magician. And that was Dave's little headline. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's cool. let's check that out. So I got I got the letter. I got the report, the report, which, of course, was a sales letter. And it, he basically sold me the course. I went, okay, I'll buy the course. And that's where I really learned copyright. Before, I kind of always wanted, I bounced inside Microsoft. I tried to get, I did some stuff. I did some sales, some co some copywriting, some marketing stuff for Microsoft, you know, for different things, for some games and stuff. Um, and primarily, it was after I started getting, looking at Dave's stuff, that I understood direct response copyright. Mm -hmm. I knew about marketing writing and I could write sales stuff, but I didn't know about direct response, i.e. Dan Kennedy. And that's where I learned that. And so I got, you started using that for my magic shows. I got really good at selling my magic shows. I was doing two, 300 shows a year in this area. So I was doing four or five shows a weekend, 
you know, lot that's lots of shows, and that's that's schlepping your stuff all over the place. Let me tell you, in the rain and crap, it's awful. Uh, but right. I had a lot of fun, um, and people started seeing that I wrote good. Co- I actually had a guy on the financial market who was a magician, by the way, but he saw my website and he hired me to write some financial copy for him, just from seeing my web my my birthday party website. Yeah. He said, I bet you could write some good copy. Here, watch it. So he hired me to do that. And more and more people started doing it. And, um, and I kept working with, you know, basically, I'll just be very upfront and honest. I, I found a mentor, it was Dave D. And I kept shoveling money his way, you know, teach me more, teach me more, be on, the, be on his uh, mastermind program, all that stuff, 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 buy more of his stuff. And I started doing stuff. And Dave respects that. He respects yep. people who do that. Yep. He started palming you know palming off some stuff of his to me because i can do it and he started so he started shoveling money my way which is great you know so uh, and eventually i started doing a whole heck of a lot of work for dave and when he got hired as the vp of marketing for gkic dan kennedy's company um they knew they needed a copyright a head copywriter so he brought me along i went through like a little bit of an interview process and tested out some stuff and I could write like Dan and I was the voice of Dan Kennedy for for several years and for the emails that we got sent out postcards da, 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 da. I wrote a lot of stuff as Dan, as Dan yeah and for those who don't know Dan Kennedy if you could just sort of put into context frankly what a big deal this really is who is Dan Kennedy and what was it you were selling and 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 what's the the magnitude the volume of of dollars that was rolling through that company if you're at liberty to say um because i know dan kennedy i've followed dan kennedy for years the fact that you had that role is a giant deal so uh, share with us what that all means well dan I think I see Dan almost as he's like the Colonel Sanders of, of marketing. <laughs> I mean, he's that, he is that emblematic and iconic. He is like a, a, a marketing, um, I'm not saying a God, cause that's like pretty high, pretty high standard there. Uh, but he, he is certainly a legend in, in marketing. He is the one who specifically brought all the, lessons from the previous generations of of direct response marketing um you know and and pull like eugene schwartz and just all of them and package them in a way that was you know enlightening insightful enlightening and entertaining mm-hmm. and this is something i think that is really important um dan is just very very astute and very funny mm-hmm. and that unique combination he has a very a very specific he, he plays a specific persona like sort of the grumpy old um uncle who who give you like you know hit you stick in the ribs saying hey get your get your act together da, 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 or whack you know um and he's a very kind very kind generous human being um very class, really a classy human being, but he's also just such a giant and understanding not only copywriting but business. Mm-hmm. And this is why he was so so um, transformative. 
for the marketing industry, there's a like there's a whole universe of people now who are huge successes. Um, Yannick Silver, Jeff Walker. I mean, all the big names. I mean, all the big names that mm -hmm. you would know. Robin Ross. I mean, the big names in marketing now in their own niches. They owe it to Dan. Dan, of course, get, he he creds, of course, John Caples and all the others. You know, the giants before him, and he's very classy about that too. Uh, they know, they recognize this is Dan. And mm -hmm. uh, GKIC was the company that he founded. It, and I'll be honest, it had been, he had run it and he did that with Bill Glazier. Bill came on as a partner and they eventually sold it to GKIC. Well, they sold it to a a company <laughs> and they they bought it. And they they had, they brought me on board because um, Dan was just, Dan was still involved. And, oh, we had, I, I really, honestly, I don't know how much money they, it was millions and millions that they, they had to hunt, they had dozens and dozens of products to sell. And they mm -hmm. were doing, they were doing, I, we were doing, we, I had two other copywriters. I was on staff. We had two other copywriters who were um, contract, contractors, and I had a team and we were just cranking out stuff daily. I mean, daily. We right. had promotions, daily promotions, right. plus plus the two events every year, the Super Conference, the Info Summit, plus the launches and created new pro. I also created new, I was responsible, I, my instructional background, my instructional design background played off. I had des designed the uh, ultimate marketing machine, the ultimate mm -hmm. info marketing machine, your marketing environment in a box. So I was a part of a number of products like that as well on the, getting putting them together. Yep. Yep. And, and you, you used a phrase earlier, you were cranking it out and oh, yeah. so many, so many of the business people that I interact with, you start talking about things like let's write more frequent emails. Let's do more social posts. Let's write good landing pages, sales letters for a product launch. And they begin to shiver. This, this whole idea of cranking out content just is so difficult and so frightening for so many people. The name of the, the address of your website is writekillercopyfast.com. Writekillercopyfast.com. Let's talk for a while about writing killer copy fast, underline fast. How do you do it? What what can people who are convinced that it's a slog, it's time consuming, it's difficult, I can't write enough, I can't write fast. Uh, how do you answer that for, well, for those I think folks? I, I put it, there's, there's three keys. There's three ways, there's three things you have to embrace. The first is mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's first off, you have to get over the idea that just because you spend a lot of time on something, it makes it better. There is absolutely no correlation between time invested in a piece of copy and how good it is. Mm -hmm. You can spend days, weeks, months, years on a sales letter, trying to fine tune it, trying to make it perfect, trying to hone every single headline, subhead, paragraph, sentence word you can do that there's a saying i believe it's picasso that art is never finished it's abandoned <laughs> and you want to get that 
embedded in your head that at some point you're going to have to abandon this and set it free into the market to find out whether it's any good or not because you don't know you just don't know whether it's going to work dan would do this all the time he'd he'd go to an event and he'd say here's a list of headlines and he'd do like two headlines da 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 da, da. which one won and everybody would say like, uh, A, and some people would say B, and like, you know, I was A, you know. And most of the time, people are wrong. Most of the time, the vast majority of people are wrong. Which headline? They're guessing, you know. And think again. The thing is, nobody knows. You just don't know until you put it out there. So A, get rid of that pressure on yourself that I got. I've got to make this perfect yeah. before I ship it. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't know what perfect is. Yeah. You know, you won't know. So time spent does make does not equal, does not correlate to quality. It just doesn't. Um, the other thing you have to embrace in terms of mindset is that you have to believe you can write faster. Because you yep. can. And maybe it's, and there are things that are limiting, maybe you can't touch type. And, you know, I learned I went way back in college when I decided I was going to be a writer and I did make that decision in college. Um, I took uh, on a pass fail basis, just I didn't even care. Uh, touch. I took a typing class mm -hmm. so I could learn how to type. So I figured that will make me faster. And I practiced and I'm actually a very fast typist. I'm probably I tested one, one time I was like broke and needed a job in between jobs. I went to Kelly girls. Everybody remember, I don't know if anybody remembers Kelly girls, but I went to Kelly girls to apply for a job and they tested me and I tested out 80 words a minute. That's good. Is, that's yeah. pretty fast. Now, yeah. you know, the, these fingers are a little older now and I'm probably not quite as fast now, but still, I bet I'm 60 or so at least 60. And so that's you, but even if you can't touch type, you can still talk. Mm -hmm. And this is the other thing I, I really get across. I had a conversation with um, you know, I was at a Jeff Walker event and the conference and there's a young lady found I was a copywriter and she wanted me to help her write, do copy for her, for her niche. Now her niche was something that wasn't my cup of tea. Just not, I'm not going to say it was a bad niche. Just wasn't my cup of tea. Just wasn't my, I couldn't, you know, just, I can't do it. But I stood there and she told me her story of how she discovered this secret and she discovered this, what she taught and how it changed her life and how she was able to share it with someone else and how it changed their life. And she was so passionate and so empathetic and forthright and, and clear. And I said, stop, just get a recorder, and record that and have it transcribed and do a little editing. And that's your sales letter. I, I knew that's where you were going. And Jack, the exact same thing happened to me just last week. So, you know, Brad Ross, Brad oh, Ross. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Brad Ross, folks, I, uh, I'll, I'll have Brad Ross on this podcast at some point soon. Brad Ross is a magician, uh, is an illusionist, is a performer. And he is also part of this Dave D world. And Jack and I were at a conference in Orlando 
what, eight weeks ago, something like that, Jack, um, uh, with Dave D. Um, Brad Ross was the MC, and Brad Ross offered as part of his uh, his business a program for for helping people with uh, personal branding. Mm-hmm. And um, what what he really talks about is very aligned with what I talk about. So I signed up for this program. This, by the way, is a is sort of a tip, a meta tip that all of the all of the people who you might consider to be experts in whatever field they are in, they're the ones who are investing in other people's stuff and consuming it more than the rest of the market. And, you know, and, and so I'm consuming stuff by, by Brad Ross and and others. And I was sitting in his program. It it was a live group meeting um, last week. And there was a guy who's a financial planner and he was telling, he w- he was basically saying, "I'm stuck. I don't get it. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say about myself. There's nothing interesting to say about myself. I don't have an interesting story." And then Brad said, "Well, you know, tell me a little bit about your background." Basically said, "Tell me your story," without him realizing he was on the spot or anything like that. And he told an unbelievable story, and it it. It was full of passion, and it was it was the kind of thing that if if prospects heard it, they would know, like, and trust him. Uh, it it differentiated himself. It it explained why he does what he does and why that is important. And I said the same thing to Jack. I, I, it, he he said all of this, and then he ends it by saying, "And so uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say." And <laughs> I said, well, what I would do if I were you is uh, make sure that you look for the email from Brad when Brad posts the recording of this meeting that we just sat through and go to that recording, download it to your computer, transcribe every word of what you just said, and same thing. I said, there there it is. And it's really amazing how many people just assume that they've got nothing to say, that that they can't tell a story, they can't write fast, all of these things. And it's really great to hear you put at the top of your list this mindset thing because, you know, there's not much that we can do for anybody, Jack, if they're convinced that they don't have it in them, that, you know, that, that they've got nothing, nothing to say, they can't write, they can't type fast enough. It's easy to make excuses, but um, I think you're right on target to to – point to this idea that a lot of people have way more juice than oh. uh, than they believe. Oh, Everybody absolutely. has more juice than they believe. I, absolutely. I have not, I've yet to run into a small business. I mean, there's the guy who's okay. They're, they're out there who like basically, basically be their own boss kind of thing that don't really have, they, they were, they, they, they were an auto mechanic or whatever. And they buy a, a franchise. Now they're an auto mechanic franchise, whatever. And they, right. They but most entrepreneurs, but most small business owners who get into something because they love it, they love it. Yeah. They love it. They love they love working with their customers. They love their customers because they got a real heart for them. They got a passion. I love small business owners. Yeah. I just love small business owners. Because I think they're they're so valuable and so critical to our country yeah. and to our economy. And yep. they, they provide such a service. 
I really want to see them to succeed and excel. And I know they feel that way about their customers. I know yep. the guy, like the guy, I go to a, like um, like a little, there's a little brew, brew pub down in uh, in my hometown. I live in Snohomish, Washington. There's a little, it's called, I'll give a plug, Sound to Summit. A little like craft beer place. They have like got a little bit of food, da, 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 da. And the new owner, but he just, he loves what he does. He loves it. And he loves, yeah. he loves craft beer. He loves the the guy who does the brewing for you know the, the brewmaster whatever he loves talking about you know, all the stuff about hot the chemicals and hops and all this you know like mm, it's way too much technology there you know but all kind but he just loves it yeah just, and when when he's when he stops by your table you've got a beer in front of you and and he's chatting you up friendly and so forth he can share that passion beautifully oh. with you. When you say, hey, sit down in front of the, the computer and tell your marketing story, he freezes. <laughs> yeah. They do. And it's 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 so silly. So yeah. don't so don't sit in front of a computer then. Just just find somebody to interview, you know, yeah. and, and record it. Yeah. And that's great. That's a that's great advice. So you we were talking about uh, killer copy fast, right? Killer copy fast. Okay. First thing, mindset. What's the second thing? The second thing is tools, and you need to have some tools. Uh, tools would include things like, I think probably the best tool to have is a swipe file. Mm -hmm. And by a swipe file, I mean, you have examples of copy that's been sent out into the marketplace and has accomplished something. And hey, everybody can have a swipe file. Go to your mailbox and see what's in the mail. And if it's from somebody like, I don't know who you subscribe to. I mean, look like I got, you know, I got, I'm sure I have something here. Well, you know, just, you know, here's some from Costco, okay? Is this a great example? I don't know, I haven't even opened it up. But Costco sends me stuff with headlines. It's got headlines, it's got offers, you know? You get stuff all the time from like insurance companies, from local politicians, from doctors, postcard, you know, roof, roof cleaners, etc. start savings. Now you want to have an understanding of what makes for good, good copy versus bad copy. So there's a little more to it, but a swipe file, I got a whole box of stuff. I got tons of stuff, not only online, but you know, I save physically start saving stuff because that will give you ideas because mm -hmm. that, that'll help. Okay. So I have this passion for my customer what's the medium that I use to get it across? Should I use a postcard? Should I use an email? Save good emails. Should I put it on a website? Save links to good websites. You find a great website, save the link. It's in your website. Your website's great. You know, you're a good example right there. Steal, steal Tom's stuff, you know? So <laughs> by steal, I don't mean steal. I mean, learn from, model, a great look for the form. There's always formulas. And this is the other thing about tools is start collecting formulas. Um, I, I saw uh, a headline, which was, I mean, go to like, I saw a headline in a, a magazine, which is uh, the, oh crap. My, so my unforgettable my unforgettable hunting story 
something like that. I, I'm, I'm terrible. Like I should have had this prepared. Um, but you, you go to magazines are great for finding headlines on. Um, oh, here, yep. here's, here's a, let's just look at, I'll just find one for you right now. There's a, um, there you go. And this is, you're going to think I'm a total kook because I get like a magazine with, with guns on it. But anyway, okay. A secret assault on the second amendment. Okay. So you could have a secret assault on your diet, a secret assault on your, your child's education, a secret assault on your, your car loans, a secret assault on some, whatever. There's a headline. There's a formula. Start collecting formulas. Start collecting formulas. They're all over the place. Look, go walk down the, the aisle of um, the grocery store. Look at when they have the magazines. Women's magazines have got great, great headline creators. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, just uh, we, we were talking about it uh, just the other day, Dave and I and, and his group, I launched recently a 12-minute micro-training. Micro-training mm -hmm. is, is called um, the, the three keys, the, the three most important storytelling keys to captivate prospects and inspire them to act, dash, without pitching and prodding. And when, when I shared that headline with the group, Dave noted the very idea that you're talking about. He, he, he said, you know, that that's rooted in a very old tried and true formula of direct response copywriting that goes back to the early 20th century. He said, I don't even know who who first did it, you know, but but somebody did it. And decade after decade after decade, you've seen headlines that have worked that follow the formula. How to blank without blank. Without blank. Right. John Cable. How to blank without blank. Yeah. And. Um, everybody could, um, you know, uh, everybody could fill in those blanks to tell a story, to write a, a good headline for, uh, for their business. And remember the, the basis for this discussion, everybody, this was Jack's answer to how to write killer copy fast. And if you have a file full of these formulas, full of these swipe files, then you're able to, you know, the act of filling in the blank based on a swipe file, based on a formula is so much easier and so much quicker than sitting in front of the blank screen and thinking, what now? How, how do I compete with a tale of two cities, you know? It was yeah. the best of times. It was the worst. I mean, well, yeah. honestly, you could take that opening line. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was time to buy a new diet program. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is, and honestly, this is the thing people don't recognize that this is not unique to copywriting. It's, you look at, if you follow, you know, storytelling, the hero's journey is totally a formula. And you look at two, two movies that come to mind immediately are Back to the Future and Star Wars. Mm -hmm. They're exactly, they're they're perfect movies in terms of structure, mm -hmm. following the hero's journey. Yep. And each one of those twelve points in that model, and it's just a for it is a formula. Yeah, yeah. 
so much easier to follow, you know, and it, it, it goes back to, to project management. When you are, when you are running projects at a place like Microsoft, you're not inventing from scratch. How are we going to get from point A to point B? You're following a formula and a, a set system for how are we going to orchestrate this project? There are entire books that are, are, are set up to help you do that. And so too for, for copywriting. So number one is mindset. Number two is tools such as swipe files, formulas, so on and so forth. What's number three, Jack? It's to have a system. I mean, figure yep. out what your system is for assembling copy. I mean, figure out what you're going to do first what you're going to do second, what you're going to do third, what you're going to do fourth, and and then follow that. For example, for for writing a letter, um, a simple system would be first choose, no exact, first would be one, know exactly what your offer is. Nail down your offer 100%. Hmm. Have that totally nailed down. Second, nail down your guarantee. Have that nailed down. Third, figure out exactly who your audience is. So you really understand your customer. Fourth, find a piece of swipe. Find one thing you're going to take, okay? And then take that swipe and start create a template from it. So take take a take a I mean again take take a silly this is probably this is, I'm sure they spent a crap load of money on writing this copy and producing that. I'm sure it's produced fantastic results. I think it's for a book. So it's for a free book. So obviously there's a whole funnel after that. But Take, take that. I mean, look, look, I, like there's an intro, there's um, headline here. This, then they have like bullet points, then the offer, then boom, picture, you know. You yep. could take that same, you know, take that, plug your stuff in. Yep. Start, and then start plugging in your, I mean, and just, so follow a specific system though. So you don't know what, like, I don't know what to do first. Okay, always do figure out your offer first. Yeah. Always. But, and, and by the way, your system doesn't have to be the same as Jack's system or or Tom's system. No. Some writers, some writers will start if they're doing a, a long form sales letter or ad like the one in the magazine. Uh, they'll start by writing the bullets, by right. uh, writing what the, the old copywriters call the fascinations. Others will say, "I'm going to start with the the primary headline and the subhead." Be consistent. Whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. Try different yep. things. It doesn't you don't and you don't have to use the same system every time. You don't. You can follow, it just depends on where you're at because every project's different. Every little task is different and it may not require it. I'm a big fan also of never starting from a blank piece of pay, a blank piece of paper yep. or a blank screen. Never. I will uh, even if, I, if I'm writing a, a daily email or a regular email, I'll go back to another email and just drop that in and then start from that. And even if I only use one word, I've got something there because it's a yep. lot easier mentally to edit something. I can, oh, I can change this around. I can change this around than it is to like start from a blank screen. Yeah, I, I use a lot of note-taking apps, so I might find something or just put a little blurb in, a, in my note-taking app or in my handwritten journal, mm -hmm. and same thing. So I won't have a blank screen. I'll, I'll cut and paste what was the quote, what was the website, what were my comments, what, what, um, what is it that I drew from, and I'm looking at something on the screen. I think that's a great, great tip, Jack. So we're... 
we've talked about swipe files. We've talked about systems. I had the privilege of, of getting a sneak peek at a product that you've put together that, oh, by the way, is loaded with Jack Turk swipe files in the back of it, um, is it has, has all sorts of specificity about systems and, and the approach, that project manager's approach to copywriting. Tell us a little bit about where things are in developing that product, what it is, and, and then generally how people can find you and get more information, get on your email list, all that good stuff. Okay, well, um, the program, I call it the Ultimate Right Killer Copy Fast Toolkit. And it's just, it goes through, we only had like a little bit of time to talk about each one of these elements, you know, like mindset, tools, system. I go through each one of those in a lot more detail and depth and explain why they're so important and different examples of each. And then I provide, so that's, that's there's videos and, but I wanted to be, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who thinks, you know, volume equals value. So, I mean, it's, it's substantial, but it's not, you don't have to take, I don't really think anybody needs 72 hours worth of training, <laughs> you know, that you have to, so it's going to take you seven weeks to get through something, you know, and, yeah. and like, I, I think basically, you know, there's basically just over three hours of training on each module. Maybe, maybe even three, barely that. And then I provide uh, what I call, it's a very rigorous system for assembling your information. What I talked about the collection for a play, it talks about here's your system for, for logically organizing the information you want, gathering the information you need to write to your customers and organizing that in a fashion that so you can plug it in quickly into whatever copy you need. So I've got a system for that. I've got templates. And I also have like a bunch of swipes of my own, things that I wrote that I thought they were from, from my work at um, previous clients and my own for my own stuff too. I've got some, you know, when I was selling, I had like a business where I was selling to magicians, you know, how, how to do more shows, because I was doing lots of shows and I helped other people do more lots of shows. And so I said, some of my, honestly, I think some of the best copy was what I wrote to magicians. But again, I had empathy for them. I was one of them. I, I felt I, I could talk to them. I knew what their life was like. I knew the pain they felt. Yep. Um, Did you hear that word, everybody? Jack had empathy for them. We talk about it all the time at Story Power Marketing, how important empathy is. Putting yourself in the other person's shoes, understanding the journey that they wish to take. And, and, and empathy doesn't just happen because you happen to be in the same industry. So you had empathy for, for other magicians, you had lived it, but the best copywriters are able to summon empathy for people in whatever market they're in. Uh, sure. you're, you're writing to all sorts of markets that you've never, uh, been part of yourself. So, uh, empathy is so critical. I'm glad you use that word. Oh, it's critical. I think it's, I honestly, I think it's one of my best strengths that I can walk in I think I developed as a kid. I used to like look at bugs to try <laughs> to imagine what it was like to be to be that bug, to be that ant. What, what's yeah. that ant seeing? I mean, I put myself and I tried to imagine what's that ant seeing is it's crawling down the sidewalk and crawling up over a leaf and what's it what's it experience? What's it experiencing? And 
putting yourself in somebody, you know, walking in somebody else's moccasins, the old story, you know, saying yeah. I grew up with, you know, it's a, don't, don't judge somebody until you walk a mile in their moccasins, you know? Well, I, I think it's very important to be able to walk in somebody else's shoes and, and appreciate Absolutely. it. Appreciate yeah. And, and, and Jack, so the product is not yet for sale, but well, how- it is. It is. It is. Good, Sorry, you know, I misspoke. You're you're revamping it. I, I'll be revamping it towards the end, towards the beginning of the year. But there's yeah. a, it's it's out there right now. It's an online version, um, uh, and what I have available, I have something like a, a kind of a little sample of it for free. Um, that if anybody's interested, um, it's like a little taste on doing headlines because mm-hmm. I have again to follow the same rules, mindset, tool, and system. There's a little system. For generating headlines for your so where do people where do people find that we'll we'll put this in the show notes but go ahead and say it out loud so people okay. know where to find it it's a right killer copy mm-hmm. forward slash three the number three steps right, right. killer copy cat right killer forward slash three steps and it's Excellent. a three step system for writing headlines and if people want to sign up for your email list, where do where do they go? Well, that'll do it right there. That'll do it. Awesome. Yeah, that'll yeah. do. It. Yeah, you get that'll you get that as a gift. Okay. I'll... <laughs> the bonus is to be on the email list. And by the way, I have been on Jack's email list since that day that we met, and um, I love getting Jack's emails. Talk about great story powered emails. Uh, Jack dishes them out. And uh, so go and check out his uh, right killer copy fast slash three steps. Got that right. Mm-hmm. And uh, sign up for that, that, uh, that headline tips. You'll get on the mailing list and uh, anywhere else people ought to go to connect with you. Um, any social media, anything else that. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. That's probably the best place. Facebook, I sometimes, I'm, I'm not the world's, again, yeah. I'm learning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still we learning. We all are. So, right. Social media stuff. I'm, I had, I just had a call with a guy the other day from uh, Martin Howie, who's like, he's 77 and he's just brilliant. I don't know if you follow Martin, Martin, you ever heard of Martin, Martin Howie? Martin Howie is brilliant. And I'm How do you spell Howie? H-O-W-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Martin's a brilliant marketer, um, and uh, I had a chat with him, and he gave me some some inside tips on how to upgrade my LinkedIn. That kind of went, well, dang, that's. <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always something to learn. Always something oh, to learn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for those out there who are still, you know, s- struggling with the writer's block with that blank screen, with that sense of, you know, I don't have what it takes to be a storyteller, a copywriter. Do you have any parting thoughts, anything to add that we haven't covered uh, so far today? I think the the main thing is you have this little voice in your head that is always telling you you're not good enough. Every one of us has this for whatever reason. It's a little nagging voice in your head whenever you're writing a headline or you're writing an intro or you're writing a letter or whatever, or you're trying to express how much you care about other people in the product, but you're just going, man, this is garbage. Man, this is garbage. This is garbage. Ignore that little voice in your head. Get it 
done. Yep. Again, there's so much. We had it. Micro Gretzky had this saying: "You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take." Yep. And at Microsoft, when doing projects, they had the saying that anybody can get a project to 90 percent done. Anybody can get it to 90 percent done. It's that extra 10 percent that makes all the difference because if you don't and like i said if you don't finish it you can't sell it yep. yep so just get it done just make up your mind i'm going to tell that little voice i don't care maybe you're right maybe this is garbage fine we'll deal with it later but i'm gonna get this out the door yep amen brother amen you know i i will uh I will close the episode by recalling one story that I've shared before on this podcast, but I don't know if, if I've shared it with you, Jack. It's about okay. um, it's about Leonardo da Vinci, and I, I read his biography by Walter Isaacson. It is a oh. great, great book. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that one of the stories that Walter Isaacson tells is about the adoration of the Magi painting that Leonardo did. And that is considered a masterpiece work but it's an unfinished work and the story with leonardo and that work and many others is that he was so obsessive and so wrapped up in the perfection problem that he constantly created works that he was unable to finish and in this case he was commissioned to do this painting of this important biblical scene and uh um, some, uh, you know, some bishop or uh, her monk somewhere hired him to do this. And, um, and he wouldn't release the work. He wouldn't finish it. He kept tinkering with it. And finally, they just said, uh, forget it. You're fired. And um, Filipino Lippi, you know, raise your hand if you've heard of, of Leonardo da Vinci. We all raise our hands. Raise your hand if you've heard of Filipino Lippi. Well, those of you who remember your art history class from, you know, the first year of college, maybe, but most of us have never heard of this guy. Well, he's the one who painted the adoration and got paid for it. He, he, <laughs> he finished the work and he released it. And that, if there's one takeaway from this, uh, go back to this recording, listen to what Jack said. It is all about getting work done quickly and releasing it, building on tools to help you do it effectively. It's not, it's not just about haphazardly and sloppily dishing out crap. That's not what he's saying. Um, there is a way to do this and all of you are able to release your work. Thank you, Jack, for bringing home a lot of lessons that really underscore and, and, and teach those points. I got a lot from this. I know people who hear this are going to feel the same. So uh, I'm happy to know you. I'm happy to learn from you. I hope that people who hear this will connect with you and uh, because they will be able to write killer copy fast if they tune into what you're doing. So thanks, Jack. Real pleasure to have you. Uh, we'll see you down the road. Well, thank you very much, Tom. I really enjoyed it. And it's been great knowing. Great, great meeting you. And you serve such a great, so, such a great service you know, talking about story and helping people weave story into their their marketing and their lives. It's so important. 
Well, thank you, Jack. And uh, we will meet again. Yes. So long. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.